want. Never miss another show. Stream us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at LBSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Raider Nation, it's good to be home. It is absolutely great to be home, as a matter of fact, after uh, almost what felt like a whole week away from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, which it might have been a whole week away from the studio. Finally back in studio. Get to look across the board to DeMond, who's running everything. He's holding it down. And then, DeMond, we look outside the window, and there's rain coming down. You're wearing a sweater of some sort. And I know when I saw you earlier, I was thinking, why is he wearing a sweater? It's going to be hot out. I understand why you're wearing a sweater now. Not that I'm cold, but you actually dress appropriately. I just had a feeling today. <laughs> you wake up. I was, it, it is Your a spidey time. sense told you? Yeah, you know, you you had that. You made a joke last week about being able to smell the yeah, rain. Yeah, yeah. You just know it was going to be one of those days. Put on a nice long sleeve shirt. I was like, why not? It's going to be raining a little bit later. You did Hit the right no thing. Win. Yeah, buddy. You did the right thing. I'm not mad at you. Like I said, it's not cold, but it's one of those weird days. Again, we're in monsoon season, so I know uh, JT the Brick was just talking about being in Summerlin and hoping that he got some rain. I I'm assuming he's getting a little bit of rain because as we look outside the windows here at the at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, it's it's definitely coming down in a major way. So if you're out there on those roads, be safe. As soon as the ground gets wet, you know how it goes. It gets real slippery, and folks don't know what they're doing. So just be careful out there on the road as you sit back and listen to the show for the next few hours. Got some really good guests coming up on the show today. Very excited about it. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. He joins us once a week at least, usually Monday or Tuesday. And uh, it's really cool to get Ed on today. And it was great today to actually have an off day, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Raiders did not have practice today. It was the first day in uh, four days of training camp that they've had to actually have an off day. And I'll tell you right now, I know that players need off days. I think I need an off day too. I really do. <laughs> I've been messing up all day long today. Like, I have messed up. From the moment I, well, went to sleep to the moment I got up and everything, everything I've done, I've messed up. I continuously thought all day today was the 26th. Today's definitely the 25th. I don't know why I thought it was the 26th, but I did. So basically, I've been living the whole, like, up until right now as it's, as it's July 26th, and it's not. So that lets you know already that your day is going to be off if you already think it's the wrong day. But are you signing things? Did you think today was Tuesday? How I don't know. Actually affect I don't the have day, any- though. No, I'm well, it just I was uh like I tried to put my podcast out earlier today. Okay. It always puts out around or goes out around twelve o'clock in the morning. Well, it was scheduled to go out at twelve o'clock on the twenty sixth. Oh. So that's not till tomorrow. So that didn't get up until I don't know, five thirty, six o'clock this morning because I went to bed thinking it was already done and out and it wasn't. And then when I tried to go ahead and re upload it, that didn't work. And then I noticed that some other stuff I had done, I said it was the twenty sixth. It was just Really strange. I don't know why I skipped the 25th, but I did. So all I can say is I guess that I needed a day off, too, as far as uh, training camp goes. And, look, we're not out there doing anything, but as I was telling a couple people on Twitter that were hitting me hitting me up and just you know asking how it's going, that sun is brutal. It really is. So I got to give those players so much credit 
for going out there in shells and shirts and starting on Wednesday, they're going to go out there in pads and they're doing all what they're doing. Physical activity. We're standing there. We're watching. We're taking notes. But that man, that son, it, by the time you get home, I don't think you realize it until you get home and then you get in the AC and all of a sudden it's just like, boom, it just drains you. So there you go. There's a, there's a, a, a feel. If you want to feel what camp feels like, that's what it feels like from my standpoint. I can only imagine what it feels like from the players who are out there putting in that work. So when you see them out there, uh, it's not some small task, man. They're really out there working um, their, their tails off, man, because that, that sun out there, and this is early in the morning. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. So I'm sure a day like today, they'd be happy with. day like Saturday, Saturday was great. Saturday was nice on overcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, right before the uh, practice ended on Saturday, it looked like it was going to rain. So a couple of us were standing there saying, is it going to get some rain? Is it going to get some rain? Is practice going to get over before it starts to rain? And there was about 10 drops that came down right as practice uh, ended. So you can't really officially call that rain. It's just like a little drizzle, like 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 a little spit. A little spit came from the sky for a quick second, and that was it. <laughs> I was going to ask, do the Raiders, do they have, do you, did they tell the media, did they have precautions in place if it does rain nah, on the off chance? Because nah. it's so unlikely. Yeah, it's so unlikely. I don't think it's a big deal. I think if anything ever happens bad with the weather, they'll go inside. But, I mean, you know that there's, even even this rain, it's not going to last but a second, right? I mean, it goes away so quick, it's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that weather is a lot better than what it was on Sunday. Sunday, it was hot, and it was hot early. I promise you, the minute I got out there, about 7.45, no, about 7.30, as a matter of fact, uh, because Josh McDaniels talked to us at around 7.45. Uh, man, oh, man, it was blazing hot. So they'll get back at it tomorrow, and then on Wednesday, they get back in pads. So we'll talk to Ed Graney about what he's seen from the first four days of practice. You know, you can't want, you don't want to go and take too much from what you're seeing because, again, it's a evaluation process. Uh, they're not in pads. Uh, they're trying to get everyone up to speed and get conditioned and everything, so they're not going full speed all the time, even though there is some nice tempo out there at practice. So you don't want to get too high and too low. Like I saw some people talking about winners and losers from practice. I'm like, there's no winners or losers right now. It's four days in. Like you can't have winners and losers unless someone just, you know, completely blows it. You know, and, and I don't think they'd be in that position if they were just going to blow it like that. I mean, they're, they're just out there putting in conditioning and putting in some work. There's some plays that are being made here and there, sure. But there's not. I mean, you can't look at anybody and say, oh, that, that guy's losing training camp already. I mean, Jarrett Stidham, he had a really good day on Saturday. He didn't have a great day on Sunday, but it's not a big deal. Derek Carr had a good day on Sunday, not so good on Saturday. I mean, it's just, you know, but it's not – it's just the acclimation period, so it's not really too much to get too high or too low on. You just have to realize that they're all starting to get, trying to get, attempting to get all on the same page. So now when they get in pads, I'll be a different story. Now maybe a week into pads or, you know, three, four days into pads, then you can say, okay, hey, this guy, you can see that he fits the role, or this guy doesn't really look like he has fit the role. Wow, here's some breaking news with the Raiders. Raiders offensive lineman Denzel Good has retired. That comes down from Field Yates right now. Wow. Well, there goes that offensive line. How about that? Not the whole offensive line, but wow. Field Yates just put out on Twitter that Denzel Good has retired. So we knew he was coming back from injury. We knew he had tore his ACL. And we thought that he was going to be a, a player on that offensive line. But according to Den, uh, Field Yates from ESPN, he has retired. So there's that. So now there's another hole along that offensive line. And I don't know where his, he was going to play anyway. I didn't know what his role was going to be. Just last week, we talked about his contract, how he had negotiated to go ahead and, and um, basically take a pay cut. 
So I thought, okay, there you go. He's going to, uh, you know, oh, there we go. Now the Raiders just tweeted out and sent over the email. We have re-signed free agent guard Jordan Meredith. Additionally, we have placed guard tackle Denzel Good on the reserve retired list. So there you go. Uh, that makes it official. So Jordan Meredith is back, the guy that they uh, released just last week, and they bring back or and they, and they uh, have Denzel Good on the reserve retired list. So uh, he's a Dunzo for now. So done deal records right there with Denzel Good. He will not be part of the mix as far as Raiders offensive line goes in uh, 2022. So there you go. That's a pretty big news right there to start the show. I mean, there's always we always get into the show. We always start talking about this, that, and the other. We always have a plan, but the best plans are the ones that you could adjust to. So there you go. I think that's a pretty big that's a pretty big loss right there because Denzel Good was very versatile. He was able to play multiple positions, and I didn't know if he was going to come back healthy. wasn't sure about that. We saw him in uh, in mandatory minicamp, and he didn't look like he was 100 percent healthy. But at some point, you figured he was going to play a role in that starting five on the offensive line. Now you know he's not. So we'll talk to Ed Graney about Denzel Good retiring and Jordan Meredith being re-signed. So uh, pretty big news right there to start the show. I can tell that's going to be a good one. (laughs) It's going to be a good one. I can tell you that. Now I kind of want to go back and listen to everyone's questions last week about the offensive line. Or maybe there's some hints that maybe the players knew that this was coming and we as the media didn't know. Let's say like Josh Jacobs media session when it's like, hey, the offensive line last year and all those questions. Like, were players like leaving his name out or anything? Because, like you said, this comes as a surprise. It comes as a surprise. And we've seen him out there at practice. I don't believe he was out there practicing on Sunday. He was there on Saturday, but we didn't see him on Sunday. We also didn't see Zamir White. And we haven't seen Zamir White for a couple practices in a row, which, unfortunately, we talked to the head coach before practice on Sunday. So we didn't ask the question, hey, is Zamir White going to be out there? I guess we should have. That would have been, you know, smart. I wasn't thinking it wasn't on my radar because it was only one day missed, so I wasn't thinking it was a big deal. But then all of a sudden it's two days missed. So not saying it is a big deal, but it's something to ask. And unfortunately for us, we're not going to be able to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels again until Thursday. And that's when we're scheduled to talk with him again. So uh, we'll have that written down, and that will be one of the questions that we ask. But, boy, oh, boy, that's a that's some pretty big news right there about Denzel Good. So Ed Granny joins us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. The Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson. Cornerback, safety, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's also now head coach of an XFL team that's going to be played right here in Las Vegas, so we'll talk to him about that opportunity. I know that he loves coaching. He was on the Raiders coaching staff before a couple times, as a matter of fact. I know he loves coaching. I'm not saying that he did a fantastic job while he was with the Raiders. I know it was kind of the reviews were kind of up and down, but uh, also it was the, you know, the, the group that he was uh, coaching with and everything. So we'll, we'll talk to him about his opportunity to be the head coach of the Las Vegas XFL team that will get started in February of 2023. Plus, we'll talk to him about training camp. You know, what's it like to be a veteran getting ready to put the pads back on? You know, what is the evaluation process looking like? And we'll also talk about the cornerback room. Because as I was, I was going up and down the roster, what I do is I pick up a roster every single day when I'm at camp, I'll, you know, because there's always some some adjustments to it. Or most of the time, there's always an adjustment to it. So I always pick up a fresh one. And as I'm going through it and looking at the cornerback position, I realize there's just not any depth there as far as veterans that have been there, done that. Right. You know, Trayvon Mullen is on the pup list, so he's not going to be available right away. Who knows when he's going to come back? But the rest of the guys that you look at the list. There's guys that have been in the league five or six years, but they haven't. They don't have any skins on the wall, right? They haven't been there, done that. They're not established. So the room, as far as the cornerbacks go, looks really thin with established veterans. There's guys there. Don't get me wrong. There's bodies there. And I'm not saying they're, they're bad. You know, like Anthony Averett, he's been in the league five years, but 
we, he was really kind of forced into action last year, right? And that's when he really played, and he did well. How could he take that next step? Rocky Sin, he's a guy that I think could play some pretty good ball, been in the league four years, but he hasn't established himself. So that's my point. There is no established dude in that Raiders cornerback uh, room. So uh, that's something that we'll talk to Rod Woodson about coming up at 3 o'clock as well, and that has something to do with the topic that I want to throw out there to you as well. 4.30, Jacina Anderson. She was supposed to join the show on Friday, but she had to make a beeline to the airport, and so she's going to join us today at 4.30 as long as, there's a little caveat, as long as no Deshaun Watson news breaks. So as long as there's no Deshaun Watson news that breaks, she will call us at 4.30. That's a guarantee. That's going to happen. So if it gets to 4.15 and all of a sudden it's like, Deshaun Watson suspended eight days or eight games, then you can just cancel that 4.30 interview with Josina Anderson. Well, we're expected to have Josina coming up at 4.30. And uh, again, I, I don't think that it's going to happen. She told me she didn't think that it was going to happen today, but she just wanted to kind of you know, leave that out just in case because, I mean, obviously that'd be huge news and she's got to be all over that as she works for CBS Sports. So uh, she'll join us at 4.30. That's the expectations. Ed Graney at 2.30, Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer at 3 o'clock, and Josina Anderson at 4.30. And we also know that Raiders offensive lineman Denzel Good has retired. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And it's so funny that Denzel Good has retired. It's not funny that he retired because they need that body, they need that player, but it just ties into what I was going to talk about in such a major way. I want to throw out there the question, what is the biggest concern for you as pads will come on on Wednesday? The status of the offensive line, or the lack of experienced established corners and why. And for me, for me, I was actually leaning more towards the cornerback room, you know, the, the lack of established cornerbacks. But now with the loss of Denzel Good, and you don't know what's going to go on with Brandon Parker, you don't know what's going to go on with Alex Leatherwood, you don't know where these guys are going to play, Jermaine Illuminor. I mean, there's, there's guys that are obviously going to fit into the mix, but I thought Denzel Good was going to be a big-time key to the success of the Raiders offensive line. So I I start to I start to go back and lean towards okay, you know what? I have a little bit more concern about the offensive line. Even though through 4 days of camp and again, I don't want to take too much from what we've been able to see, I, I feel like the Raiders are going to scheme up a lot to give some extra protection. Right there, we've seen plays where there's been other guys back in for protection. The other thing I'll say, Max Crosby only knows one speed. <laughs> Max Crosby, there's a reason why Max Crosby is Max Crosby. He only knows one speed. Now he's, you know, it's it's not about physicality or anything, but when they're going through drills, Max Crosby is going through them, and he's going through the drills at you know full throttle. I mean, he's just going, and it's actually it's really fun to see, and it's also very challenging for the Raiders' offensive line or the Raiders' tight ends or whoever's in there blocking, the extra blocker in there. It's good to see them have to put in that extra work that uh, you know Max Crosby putting that little pressure. On them, So uh, that's a question that I have for you, Raider Nation. Would love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Right now, especially with the announcement of Denzel Good retiring, what is the biggest concern for you as the pads come on on Wednesday? Are you more concerned about the status of the offensive line or the lack of experience established corners? Let us know and why. I'm saying if we put you in the NFC East, they'd win the division. If you put in, let's say, some AFC team, you know, the really weak division. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to call in and say, you know, so what are you saying? We're the best of the scrubs? I mean, what are you trying to say? We made the playoffs. Teams uh, that can win those divisions generally don't make the playoffs. 
Right. Hey, and good call, good call. And I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not, I don't, I didn't hear it, so I'd have to. I'm just taking it from what you're saying. I under, I understand the conversation, right? I think we've had plenty of people on the show say that, hey, if the Raiders were in the NFC East, let's just say that example. If they were in the Cowboys division, I don't think there would be any question everyone would be picking the Raiders to win the division because that division stinks. So I don't think that they're necessarily saying that the Raiders are scrubs. I just think that they're saying, and Adam Hills brought this up on our show too. Remember, he's brought this up and said he thought that the Raiders were going to try to, uh, you know, to rebuild, that this would be the perfect time to rebuild while all the other teams are really good. And then by the time they start to drop off and the Raiders are built up, then they can go for it. But that's obviously not what they did. They didn't, you don't go out and make a move for Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones to try to rebuild. So they're not doing that. But I understand what they're saying. Now, with that being said, I understand where you're coming from as well. Because why do they have to be in another division to be a really good team, right? I get that. I get that. And, and they don't. I mean, that's the thing about it. They don't have to be in another division to be really good. It's just a very tough division. I mean, we just know that every week in, every week out, it's going to be a very tough game. I mean, hell, John McClain tells us that all the time. Like, hey, man, the Raiders could be a damn good team all year long and still not that great, you know, as far as record-wise, just because every team in the AFC West is going to beat up on each other. And he even went as far as saying he wouldn't be surprised that there wasn't a home field advantage in the division, right? You know, just because every team is going to beat up on each other. So I understand what you're saying, especially coming from a 49ers radio station like the game is. I get that. I don't think that they were really going all the way in like that and calling them scrubs, but I didn't hear it. So I don't know exactly what was said, but thank you so much for that call. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? New England Raider. New England Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what up, Q? Jalen. Hey, man. Uh, hey, did you catch first take today? Um, I saw a little bit of it, not much. I'm, I'm not a first take type guy. Oh, well, your boy Bart Scott was on there, and he was talking so good about our Raiders today. Oh, man, he was having a huge argument with Mad Dog. And you know what? I want to do this PSA real quick. PSA, folks, national news likes the Raiders. Let me say that one more time. National news. They are talking about us, and they are talking good. I am so sick of Q, Demon, uh, Vinny. You guys all need to like. You guys are like need to like. Uh, like you're trying to ingrain something that is just there. I don't know what they're not seeing. We are being talked about. So shout out to Bart Scott. He was talking so good about us today. Devonte Adams. I'm just. I'm just excited, man. Uh, in, in regards to your uh, question, um, offense, uh, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about our, um, our, our cornerback safety situation. We have been getting burned for the last 10 years in the backfield, um, and I'm ready to see uh, some improvement back there. I'm hoping uh, Rocky Asin is going to be doing it for us, uh, but I, I haven't seen him play yet, you know, or, or at least in a Raider uniform. Right. I got you. Good stuff. Good call. And, and thank you so much for that. And yeah, I mean, we've been saying it for a while now that there's a lot of folks nationally that's talking about the Raiders. They really are. And I'll say this. And I know that uh, JT knows Mad Dog really well. I cannot stand Mad Dog. I cannot stand Mad Dog. Not that he's not good, because at one time, I think he was probably one of the best of the best. But I just feel like I feel like he's one of those guys that hasn't evolved. Right. And, and I feel like I can go on a whole like take a whole right turn if I wanted to and go on to this conversation about him. But and maybe it's just for first take. He does make like 10 grand a show, not not a month, a show. So it might just be for that purpose to, to stir it up. So maybe he's doing his job because he caught my attention. But a lot of 
his conversations that he has, I'm going to try to say it the most respectfully way, feels very old schoolish. Yeah, I did watch that um, segment, um, first take, yeah. with him and Bart. Yeah. Bart Scott going back and forth. And at one point, he's like, ah, man, you, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, they can't hold the accomplishments and the achievements of the Oakland Raiders. And then Bart Scott's like, what are we talking about at, at one point? Like, let's right. bring the conversation back right. to Devontae Adams and yeah. Derek Carr yeah. and not, like, the legacy of a team. Once you relocate, right. do you still get to keep the accomplishments of the previous city? Right. And see, and I saw him one time talking about the Raiders, and this had to do with Devontae Adams. And that's the other thing. When you have a star like Devontae Adams, you're going to get talked about. You know what I mean? Like, especially the way that everything shook out. Devontae Adams literally left Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, who, even though a lot of people don't like to hear it, is a Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. He left there and decided to team up with his college teammate in Las Vegas and go try to win a Lombardi. And he met with us yesterday, and that was part of the goals. Like, hey, we have things that we're trying to establish. I love listening to Devontae Adams talk because you could tell that he's very he's smart, first of all, and he knows what he's talking about. But you could also see that he still has that fire that burns in him. He's not one of those guys that just got a paycheck and got fat and happy. You know, he didn't do that. He's one of those guys that got the paycheck and was like, all right, now it's time to get to work. I could appreciate that. The any kind of guys like that, I could definitely appreciate. But I heard Mad Dog talking about talking about Devontae and why would you go to Las Vegas? Free, free agents don't want to go to Las Vegas. You have to go to Green Bay. Green Bay has the history. And I'm like, Devontae is 29 years old. You know what I mean? I mean, look, that history stuff might have worked back in the day. That might have been, hey, I have an opportunity to go to Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. Da, 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 da. That's great. But guys now, Damon, you know this. These young cats, they're not focused on the history. They're focused on how can I establish a business? How can I do stuff off the field? How can I get all these different accolades, these endorsements, this, that, and the other? How can I establish a better life for my, you know, my family? Not necessarily in Green Bay. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not trying to blank on Green Bay. I'm not. I'm definitely not trying to do that. But it was just like that was the argument of Devontae Adams is tripping. <laughs> he left He left Green Bay. Green Bay is historical. I give a damn about the history. He wants to play with his college teammate and have an, an opportunity to establish himself. And, oh, by the way, let his family come see him play in Las Vegas. That meant more to him than the history of the frozen tundra. Get the blank out of here. Yeah, because like you said, when you interviewed Josh, that old school mentality. When you interviewed Josh Jacobs, you know, he was talking about Las Vegas, maybe like yeah, the no state income tax. Yeah, before he got drafted, he was talking about the no state income tax. Exactly. Those things matter about which city am I going to play in, but I don't think anyone's thinking, hey, man, I'm going to go there because that one former player right. used to also wear this same uniform maybe 30, 40 years ago. You know, the Vince Lombardi, did, I mean, you know, it's not that's not what they're doing. It's not what they're doing these days. These guys are smart. They're calculated. They're very businesslike. They're all, I mean, the majority of these guys are about their brand, about their business. Yes, they want to be a part of a great team. They want to win championships, but they also have other things in mind off the field. They have things that they're working, like Darren Waller, for example. He works on music. Music grounds him. Music keeps him in a good place. And oh, by the way, he's pretty damn good at it, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that, that go into people's everyday life that's not just, oh, well, I get to go to this place because of the history of it. Well, you know what the history of Green Bay is? They haven't won a Super Bowl in a very long time. Let's just be honest about it. Let's cut the BS. They ain't won no Super Bowl in quite a while, Mad Dog. But that's, you know, again, and maybe, I mean, he got a rise out of me, so maybe that's what he was looking for. You know, maybe he was looking for someone to yell at the TV and be like, oh, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Well, it worked. Because I'm, Mm -hmm. I took a right turn. Check was earned. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Even though it's 10 grand a show, which is ridiculous. 
I mean, I'm not mad. <laughs> I just think that that's unbelievable. I will argue that the 86 Celtics are the best team of all time, too, if that's what I was getting paid. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So there, there's that. But, yeah, I just thought that that was a little silly on, on his part. So I try not to engage in the first take show. But Bart Scott's been representing. Uh, we heard from Kimberly Martin last week. She was representing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I, I saw someone tweeted something at me talking about even Colin Cowherd was talking pretty high about the Raiders. And I feel like he goes back and forth. I feel like he waffles all the time. Right. One minute, the, the Raiders stink. The next minute, Derek Carr's the MVP. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's very waffle like, you know, and and I, I just I don't know. There's something about him that makes me feel like he's always going, you know, back and forth on his uh, on his takes on, on teams. But that's just me. Uh, Two twenty six at the time. Would love to hear from you on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R&R. We know that Denzel Good would not be part of the mix as far as the offensive line goes. So what is your biggest concern when the pads come on Wednesday? The status of the offensive line or the lack of experience established corners. Hit us up and let us know. We got Ed Grady from the Las Vegas Review Journal and ESPN Las Vegas. He's coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just when Wendy hit us up on the Salmon Ass text line at 69187 keyword R&R, she said, what? D good is, okay guys, I'm good. LOL, oh no. Just when I thought there'd be no more drama till cut day, well, That'll give you a show topic. I'm all ears today. Again, just win Wendy on the Salmon Ash text line. We appreciate that. And right now, joining us on the phone lines is our good friend from ESPN Las Vegas and, of course, the Review Journal. That is Ed Graney. And, Ed, we'll start at the top. Denzel Goods retired, man. That's, a, in my opinion, a pretty big blow to the offensive line, at least the competition there at the offensive line. What are your thoughts when you saw that? I was. I got the same email you did, I'm sure, and I was shocked. Um, I thought for sure, you know, they were settling into a starting five there. I mean, Parker and Leatherwood were kind of trading off there at the right tackle. We were going to see when the pads went on, um, what happened there. But, yeah, uh, was he seven years in the league? That's a long time for offensive linemen. Um, had some injury issues. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, su- I'm surprised, too. Yeah, me too. And, you know, last week we got the news that he reduced his salary, took that pay cut to stay with the team. So I thought, okay, well, he did that, so he's going to be good to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, on the off day, uh, the retirement comes. So uh, who do you think – do you think that gives someone a, a better opportunity at that job, or, or does, do you think that puts someone in a better role, I should say, for that job? Well, it's interesting because we've seen Dylan Parham uh, – take some snaps at center and not do very well with some of the snaps. So yeah. does the rookie now, you know, get the first shot there? Does Lester, like, I don't, I mean, you know, it's so different, and you know this well as I, I do, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. You know, until they get pads on, I don't know. People have asked me so often, I'm sure you've been asked on your show and elsewhere, how do they look? And you're like, well, they look really good for being in shorts and T-shirts. Right. Um, and so you don't really know. So I, th- what this will do is Wednesday we'll be paying a lot more attention to the offensive line when pads come on. Because I think that's when they're going to see the rookie. How does he look in pads? How do others look? And then I think we'll see who kind of takes that spot, at least early on. So I'm excited for Wednesday because 
I think we've seen enough of the shorts and T-shirts at this point. Yeah, exactly. And head coach Josh McDaniel said that he can't really do a whole lot of evaluating at this process. But when you look at it, Ed, I mean, it has been four days. And, it, you know, these guys, I felt like the tempo of practice has been pretty good. I mean, obviously there's no physicality except for the occasional, you know, John Abram and Roger team are running into each other. But besides that, I mean, there really hasn't been a whole lot of physicality. But uh, what did you think of, of the tempo so far that they've had a practice? And what kind of evaluations do you think they could do just early on, just again, with helmets and shorts on i mean i think the tempo has been good i don't think there's a lot of wasted movement i don't mm-hmm. think there's a lot of wasted time in between sessions they go about 15 or 16 sessions uh, you know of practice we know that because we're out there the whole time and we're looking at the clock because of the heat and saying, okay <laughs> when 16 times right. um but no i think the tempo has been really good they get in and out of drills really fast um, which is what you want to see there's no kind of you know lulls in in in, in the tempo and the practice so i think that's been really good you know i mean i'm sure you can evaluate focus i'm sure you can evaluate um how they run josh mcdaniel's plays what's he want out of them what are the looks they're getting what are the decisions the quarterbacks are making we've seen some good we've seen some bad there um so i'm sure there's a lot he can evaluate and they watch the film afterwards but i don't think there's anything like pads in football now when they go to pads as josh mcdaniel's told us they're not going to go to the ground probably because it still is a violent game and you want to stay healthy for this season um, this team is built to win now, so the last thing you want to do is take guys to the ground early on in pads and get someone hurt. But it's still going to be, when they put pads on the first time, you know, the physicality is, is, the, is the two lines that going against each other. And that's what I really want to watch. The others, you know, quarterbacks won't be touched. Um, they'll, you know, they'll hold up receivers. They'll do things like that. But I want to see the line because that's usually where you get your scraps. Talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, Devontae Adams, it looks like uh, they're going to make as much effort as possible to get Devontae Adams the ball, which should not be a surprise. But uh, over the first four days of camp, at least from my point of view, it looked like they were really focusing on number 17. Hot take, he's good. <laughs> um, Facts. Facts, he's good. Yeah, I think I think as well. And you know what? That's why they traded for him. That's why they paid him money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he's the best receiver in football. You got to find as many ways as you can to get him the ball. Um, there's some other things out there that we probably shouldn't talk about that you and I've seen that are interesting in terms of that offense, right? And how they're going to spread the ball around and how they're going to move it around. But he's the best receiver in football. You've got to find different ways to get him in space and get him the ball. And I think you're right that what you and I've seen, they're trying to do that as much as possible. So I think that's what they should do. Um, he's, you know, he's. I think you'll agree he's better in person when you see him, even though there's no pads on. Um, you can just tell how incredible a receiver he is and you know how, how precise his route running is. Um, and it's been cool to watch him, man. I mean, he's, there's been guys in camp that have kind of taken your eye, and you know he's one of them at this point. Um, he's, uh, he's in great shape, and he doesn't even have to run the Mac Collins mile, which to me is amazing that you can be that good of shape and you're not running the mile. Right, exactly. And we'll get into the Mac Hollins mile in a, in a minute for anyone who hasn't heard about what it is. It's been all of a sudden, it's it's, it's formed a life of its own. I mean, it really yeah. has. Like, everybody for, is talking least, about. Especially for just being one mile. Right, exactly. <laughs> Regardless of how far it really is, I mean, it's really taken on a life of its own. Uh, Ed, how about, the, how about the veterans in key positions? How important is it that the Raiders, because they have a relatively young team, but they have veterans in key positions, how important is that as this team is trying to learn this new system both offensively and defensively? I mean, I think that's huge. And the one thing I've been impressed with with the veterans, whether it's uh, Devontae, whether it's Derek, um, you know, Josh is in his fourth year, is that they're saying, you know, uh, Darren Wallace said the same thing, that they're trying to be leaders while learning it also. And I think people forget that, that everyone's kind of in the same boat uh, learning the system. I, I found it interesting. They said they watch a lot of Patriot tape mm-hmm. um, because that's what this, you know, this offense is. 
but it's still important for them to be leaders. So that takes a little out of you to try to learn what everyone else is learning and still be the leaders. But that's that's vitally important, especially for a team that there's good things to think about and there's high expectations. I mean, your leaders have to lead. So I think that's been really, really important. And it seems like they're doing it. If you watch practice, it seems like, you know, the veterans are kind of taking over and, and leading other guys. And I think that's important, especially as they try to, you know, remember all the checks and, and, and things they have to remember along with everyone else. You know, last year when we talked to Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, kind of got a good sense of who he was and what he wanted just by the way that he talked to us uh, in the media sessions. On Saturday, we talked to defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. I'm actually going to play a little bit of that sound a little later in the show. Uh, What did you take away from what Patrick Graham had to say, and and did you get a sense of what he's looking for? I like Patrick Graham a lot, uh, and he is definitely in the mode of the Patriots where he doesn't doesn't play his hand. Uh, Probably good at poker. Well, they probably all are because they don't play their hand. (laughs) Right. But, you know. Him saying four three 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 four whatever they call it, we're going to do what it's best. So he's not giving us very much, um, but I do think you know I do think he's happy with what he's seen so far, um, especially out of veteran players. Um, he seemed to be you know pleased with the, you know the progression of camp so far. But you know I think we kind of know what they're going to run, but he's not going to give up anything. I think you know and that's that's kind of been the mo for a lot of these interviews. Um, you know, there's a lot of talking around stuff when it comes to football they're they're, they're really open about like off-field stuff and, yep. you know um the, their lives and you know like we're going to talk about the hollands and these guys you know you know cracking jokes and Devonte about Derek and all that but when it comes to strictly football stuff i think an edict has been put down from the top that you know you don't talk about specific football stuff which again is fine i mean again i i think fans would love to hear it i don't know if we need to hear it um they need to play good football and win games. And if that means keeping things close to the best, then keep things close to the best. They're, you know, fans will be fine if they win games, no matter what they hear out of the mouths of coordinators and players. It's just about winning. So I don't get too much caught up in that. He, he doesn't really say much. I mean, Josh McDaniels is an expert in that. He can fill three pages of a transcription. You go back through it, and, you know, he didn't really say that much. But he fills, <laughs> didn't say you know, nothing. He fills it. No, but he can fill a quote sheet, and, you know, you can get some quotes from him. Right. Um, but, again, that's fine. I don't, you know, I think – some some in our business get mad at that, but if I'm them, I don't know what I'm saying either. I mean, I'm I'm focusing and winning, and there was so much upheaval last year. There was so much chaos. I think it's kind of a breath of fresh air that it's just kind of about football now, and there's not the there's not that chaos within this organization anymore. Or at least right now, there isn't. So they just need to focus on football and winning games. Yeah, and you mentioned like some some of the vets that are stepping up and leading, even though they have to learn the new system. But when it comes to the secondary, we keep hearing about Deron Deron Harmon and his leadership there. Has anyone else stood out to you at camp in the secondary? I don't know about stood out. I think Deron Harmon's a really good example, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he played both positions the other day. I thought he was really good. And here's a guy who's you know kind of been there. He's got three chan- he's got three Super Bowl rings. If that doesn't open your eyes and like make you listen to what he says, then I don't know what will. I mean. All these guys want to win Super Bowls. That's what their main focus is, and he's got three of them. So if you're a young guy, whether it's Sean Abram, even Trayvon Morig, people like that, um, you better listen to what he says. And, you know, I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, um, just because I'm competing with them doesn't mean I can't help them. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a cool quote because, you know, I mean, look, all these guys, even in a 10th year of drawn harm, even in a 10th year, he wants to play. Everyone wants to be on the field, right? But, um, if he can help them along and still compete for playing time, which I think he's going to play, obviously, I, you know, we're not sure exactly where or how much. Um, I think that's really important because they do have some young guys back there. I mean, Morg had a good rookie year, but he's got a lot to learn and get better. We know about John Abram. We've talked to, you know, as much about him as the offensive line in terms of what he needs to do and how he needs to prove himself. Um, so I think it really helps having a guy like Ron Harmon around. 
Yeah, I think so, too. And, and really, Ed, my uh, focus when I start looking at the secondary goes to the corners. You know, I, I'm more concerned with the, the corner position, especially with Trayvon Mullen being on the pup list. Uh, you know that you have An- uh, Anthony Averett. Uh, he's got years of experience in the league, but he doesn't have years of, of playing experience under his right, belt. You right. know, and, and that kind of goes with all these guys. Rocky Sin, that was a guy that we got to talk to, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, what were your takeaways from him? He's not a big talker, but uh, he looked like his numbers, his, his number looked like it flashed a few times over the weekend. <laughs> Let me give you my ta- take on his being a talker. Okay, we're done. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know what to make of Rock Yesson because uh, Rock Yesson didn't say much. And again, uh, you know, that's his prerogative. Good for him. Maybe he's just a quiet guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, guys like Nate Hobbs, uh, I don't know what you think of him so far. Um, Anthony Averett, uh, the same thing. Um, Rock Yesson, yeah, I mean, there's, there's guys with a lot to prove there in that position. And I think. We, you and I have talked about it a lot. You know, after the offensive line, I think our eyes go to the corners as well as mm-hmm. the next kind of position where you're not really sure what's going to happen, how good they're going to be. Um, but they better be good. You know, Josh McDaniel said the other day, look, people are going to people are going to complete passes against us. That's right. just going to happen. Um, but you just got to get better and, and and get the best guys out there to to limit what people can do against you. But you're right. If there's another position other than offensive line that when the pads come on, and especially during preseason games, and when they start playing games. I think offensive line and corners are where everyone's going to kind of look the most. If not, you know, they're going to be excited about the offense. I don't know how many, how much those guys, those leading guys are going to play to let us know what it's going to be like. But corner, I think there's a lot of competition. And offensive line, obviously, now, especially with Denzel Good and what happened to him today, there's even more competition. Right. There, there definitely is. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here from ESPN Las Vegas. He's on the press box with Tyler Bischoff every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, of course, does a fantastic job with the Review Journal, writing up all kind of fantastic stuff. And I'm sure he's got some good pieces on the way. We'll ask Ed about that in a minute. Uh, i got to close out with this, Ed. The Mac Hollins Mile has gotten so much traction. Everyone's been talking about the Mac Hollins Mile. Uh, he came into the media session yesterday and uh, he, he almost felt like uh, we were putting him on a, on a super high pedestal. He was like, man, uh, you guys are pumping me up. I, I don't even know if I deserve all this. What, what have you made of the Matt Collins mile? Um, I think, you know, in, in the serious part of it, I think it defines him more than anybody in his NFL career. Um, a guy who's really stood out on special teams, uh, plays all four special teams, um, always wants to be. Uh, you know, I think as I define it in the column tomorrow, I think it's more like, you know, when the third and fourth period quarters come around, you know, mental toughness, you can mm-hmm. still make that tackle, you can still haul in that reception, you can still run the route. Um, and I just think the mile defines him as, okay, we've done everything today, we've practiced, we've lifted, we've worked out, now what else can I do? So um, it's become, you know, kind of a funny thing with the other players, and some do it and some don't. But I think specifically to him, it's more just defining how his NFL career has played out and that there's never enough work to be done, and he always wants to be better than the next guy. He wants to be 100% in the fourth quarter while someone's maybe 80 or 90%. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, he's an interesting guy. I've read more about him in the last few days. You know, in Philly, he had pet snakes, and um, his grandpa or his uncle one time had a lion, and he wants to get an alligator. I mean, there's, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's, there's a lot to this guy. Um, you know, rode a scooter to practice at Phil, in Philly. Um, you know, we know about the flossing on the uh, on the touchdown celebration. So he's a funny guy. Um, Darren Waller said he's one of the five funniest guys he's ever met. So, but you know, as as funny as he is and as unique as all that stuff is, when you can make a mark on special teams and mm-hmm. be six years in the league and really kind of that's your mark, you know, you're, you're working really hard because those are the guys who stick. Um, he's only had 56 catches for like 750 yards, so he hasn't been a huge threat. Um, when he is a threat, it's vertical. He's, you know, obviously the biggest receiver they have, one of if not the fastest. But when a guy can play that much special teams and secure his spot year after year, you got to think he's a really hard worker. And I just think the mile kind of defines that while it's, 
you know, cool things to talk about with other guys, and they kind of crack jokes about it. I think to him, it's more about who he is as a player. Right, exactly, and and that's what you got to do. Some guys they have to work a little harder than other guys, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, you go yeah. out there, you put in the work, you you solidify your spot, and and that's when yeah. cutdowns come. You'll say, "Oh, look, Matt Collins made the team. Not a surprise." Yeah, you know, exactly. You can have a. I mean, he's sixth year. I mean, what's the average in that league? Three and a half. Three and a half. I yep. Mean, it's not. It's not a lot. So he's doubled that, and mostly on special teams. So good for him. He obviously works really hard because, you know, it's. I don't know how many they're going to keep out of that room, but he's going to stay because of special teams. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. Ed, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, let us know. I know you gave us a little preview of what you got coming out in the RJ, but what you got coming yeah. up? We got Matt Collins tomorrow in the RJ. Wrote about him. I was excited to write about him. That was really cool. And then obviously Tyler and I, we talked about the Raiders uh, uh, today. We'll talk about him tomorrow, and we'll have a, a special guest from uh, Raiders practice tomorrow. Mr. Adam Hill will be checking in from the sideline. Nice, nice. That, I mean, hey, that's exclusive right there. You get Adam well, Hill from the sideline, man. That is exclusive. I like that. I won't that. believe half of what he says, but it'll be a good guess. Well, you know he'll you know he'll give you a, a lot of love and he'll give you a lot of feedback on special teams. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anything AJ Cole's doing, I'll I'll figure about it tomorrow. Exactly right. Well, Ed, thank you so much, my man. Great stuff as Bye, always. Buddy. I appreciate y'all. See you soon. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. There he goes. Ed Graney from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, the press box with Tyler Bischoff every single morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then also the RJ puts out a lot of great work and he's putting something out on Denzel Good or on uh, on Mac Hollins, which was a great uh, lead up right there. Close things out talking about the Mac, the Mac Hollins mile. And I think that Ed's right. I think he's spot on when he says, hey, that defines who he is. Everyone's having a good time with it, talking about it. Even Josh McDaniel said, hey, he hasn't asked me to run it yet. Um, you know, I, I kind of hope he doesn't. That's cool. But it really defines about – it talks about him and his work ethic and what it means to him to go out there and put as much work in as possible so he makes sure that he solidifies his spot. Many thanks to Ed Graney for joining us there. The time is 2.46. We'll come back, close out hour number one. What do you think is the biggest concern? As pads are going to hit on Wednesday, are you more concerned about the status of the offensive line or the lack of experience at this for the corner uh, position? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200 and the Sam Nash text line is 69187, keyword r This is Red Nation Radio 920. At the end of the day, you know, we want players who love the game, who want to play for each other, and we want players who are going to sacrifice the back of the jersey for the front of the jersey. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. That was a Hall of Famer right there, Rod Woodson, talking about the XFL. We'll be talking to Rod Woodson coming up at 3 o'clock about him being the head coach of the XFL team that's going to be here in Las Vegas. Want to know all about that XFL team. Want to know where they're going to play their games. You know, the USFL played their games in Birmingham. I'm assuming, and this is just an assumption, but I'm assuming the XFL is going to do it bigger where they're going to play in and the home markets stadiums, I would assume, but you never know. The rocks the richest actor in Hollywood, man. He's got to shell out that dough. Yeah, it's 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 always tough though. It's always tough to to get those kind of uh, leagues going, you know, and and keep them going. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's one thing to start them up, but how can you keep them rolling? You know, that's always the big challenge. So we'll see. Uh, I think that the. The XFL with The Rock and, and hopefully with the other people in the background will have a really good business plan. If they do, then they have a chance. They've got to have a good business model, business plan, and some good guys in the background that exactly know what they're doing to go ahead and get that done. But we'll talk to Rob Woods at All Things XFL coming up at 3 o'clock. We've been talking about the news that Denzel Good has retired. So there's another hole along that offensive line, which just happens to go with the question that I asked earlier today, not knowing that Denzel Good was going to retire. But what is the biggest concern for you as pads come on on Wednesday? The status of the offensive line or the lack of experience established corner? 
And uh, there's 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 an argument for both, right? 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got a tweet from my guy Patrick. He said, Q, what are the Raiders going to do after Good retired? The offense was al- the offensive line was already one of the weak links. Any possible signings, anyone stepping up in camp. And uh, thank you, Patrick, for that tweet. And you can always hit us up at, at your boy Q254 at Demond underscore the boss at R&R 920 AM. Uh, that's Raider Nation Radio 920's Twitter account as well. Yeah, you can hit us up any way you want. But look, they have guys there. You know, I mean, it's not saying that Denzel Good was the end-all, be-all. He is a guy that's, that was coming off of injury. He did just take a pay cut, so you kind of realize that the organization was probably looking at him as one of those fringe roster guys anyway, but I would have preferred for him to stay stay there and at least provide competition, right? At least be out there to to give it his all and, and push somebody else. Even if he doesn't make the team, somebody else he's pushing. And look, that's just me wanting the team to have the most competition. I mean, Denzel Good's not sitting there thinking, hey, let me go sit around training camp and go work my tail off to, to push someone else to get the job that I'm not going to get. I know that that's not his plan and that's not his job. But for me, the more that are in camp, the better. The more competition that's there, the better. Now, we've heard a lot of good things about Lester Cotton. We haven't really seen it yet, and it's hard to evaluate offensive line. It's hard to evaluate a team without pads on, but it's very hard to uh, evaluate offensive line without pads on. So Lester Cotton's there. You know, Jermaine Illuminor is there. John Simpson's there. I mean, there's multiple guys. Alex Leatherwood's there. I mean, they've got some dudes, and they've been doing a really good job of rotating these guys amongst the different positions on the offensive line so far through the first four days of training camp. So they have that going. And again, Denzel Good wasn't out there practicing yesterday. I'm sure he probably knew that he was going to retire. And, you know, and he's just maybe he's not bouncing back from from uh, the recovery of his uh, ACL tear the way he, he wanted to. So, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why guys decide, hey, they're going to retire. I don't blame him for, you know, four or five days in the camp deciding, hey, that's enough. I don't. Because sometimes you think you can make it happen and make it work, and it just doesn't work for you. So uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly what they do. Uh, we'll get more calls and texts coming up in just a little bit. But coming up next, as we kick off hour number two of the show, Rod Woodson, the new head coach of the XFL team, is going to be playing here in Las Vegas. Also, we'll ask him about you know training camp, what it's like to be in training camp, what he thinks about the additions that the Raiders have made, plus the whole AFC West. We'll do all that next with the Hall of Famer. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.